Indiana Bible College is committed to training tomorrow's apostolic leaders today. This is the Indiana Bible College podcast. And welcome to 2019. We hope that you had a blessed Christmas and New Year's holiday. We're believing that 2019 is going to be a great year, both for us and for you. On campus, we're gearing up for our returning and incoming students to arrive in just a few short days, and then the spring semester will be underway. You've already heard about some of the things that will happen, IBC Live and IBC Connect, but we wanted to let you know about another event you may not have heard about just yet. February 19, 2019 is a special day, Pastor's Day. Indiana Bible College understands the unique role that pastors play in the lives of our students, and we've set aside February 19 as a day to honor that role. We're inviting each pastor of a current Indiana Bible College student to join us on campus for classes in chapel during the day and then a banquet that evening. Links to IBC Live, IBC Connect, and Pastor's Day can all be found in the show notes. But right now, let's listen to a sermon by Pastor Mooney entitled, When You See God. Somebody say hallelujah. You may be seated. I I was doing really good until you mentioned something about the fact that most of these people that I'm going to be preaching to today were not even born. What did you say? They weren't even born? When you was a student, they weren't born? I don't know. We need to pray for one another. What a, what a. What a terrible thought. And then uh, Brother Rodenbush, nobody had even thought of him in any way, shape, or form back when you first came. He just, no, wait a minute. How old are you? No, don't answer that. It would be too frightening. It's interesting that you said that because there's always something that is in play in every generation. Something's in play today that was not really well understood when you were a student because the world is moving very fast. And as I was trying to make a connection with you about the fact that in your teenage years, there were things at play. There were forces at play. There was dynamics in government, in church, in every place. But what is really fascinating is that There's a time when things come together. There's a time when decisions have to be made in a person's life. Whatever you're going through, your generation, for an example, needs hearts and minds and talents that are focused on what God's will is for your life. And that will not really come into focus until something happens You could say something that needs to be, uh, you need to be conscious of. Maybe we can dig it out from the book of Isaiah. And if you'll look at it, chapter 6, you can't read the Bible very long without coming to Isaiah chapter 6. You can't really preach for very long without stopping by and thinking about Isaiah's dynamic. In the year that King Uzziah died, I... I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high 
and lifted up. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Whatever comes together, whatever particular dynamics that are in one generation and another generation, all of us somewhere have got to see, as Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. There's a difference between hearing about God and really seeing God. This, this is where the dynamic comes from. The dynamic doesn't, the, the, the anointing, the power, the will of God, the purposes of God, the understanding that all of us need to have does not come from just going to church. It doesn't come from just singing about God. It, it doesn't really, the, the, the anointing of God, the understanding that we have to have to make it is not so much in the educational aspect, the, the academic aspects, the memorization of Scripture or whatever you want to talk about, Brother Rodenbush. There's something else. There's something else. It's seeing God. I saw Him now. I doubt if there's any preacher that doesn't look at this sometimes, and uh, I, I would think most of us, sometime in our ministry, we look at this particular verse, and uh, because you're students and we don't want to just bore down on all the details here, but just to put it in, in its kind of spiritual context for us. People looking back, remember that moment when you saw God. You saw God's will in your life. You saw God's, watch this now, you saw what God really begins to unfold for you to see. There's something God needs this generation to see. First of all, you must see Him, and you must also see, see, not just somebody tell you, see the need. When you get up to sing, let's talk about the need of this particular generation, this moment in time, this, this unbelievable uh, world that is coming into a new kind of focus with all the technology. I'm not going to go through all of that, but nobody has ever faced a world ever faced a situation, political situations, technology, all of that stuff, the imagery that's being broadcast out, the breakdown of morals and the breakdown of Christianity, not just here but everywhere around the world. And you've got to do more than just say, well, uh, I, 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 I want to be a professional preacher. You've got to say something better than that. You've got to say, well, I think this might be a nice career and I can sing pretty good, and maybe we can all get on the road and have a little band, you know, a little gospel. No, you've got to see God. You've got to see the purpose. That word, see God, see God, that is important. I saw something that God wanted me to do. I didn't just say, well, I would like to do this. This looks like it work, would work out to a pretty good professional, uh, a professional lifestyle. I saw him high and lifted up. Wow. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain, he covered his face. And with twain, he covered his feet. And with twain, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy Holy. Oh, I know this is all kind of strange stuff, isn't this? this is supernatural stuff. And these, these creatures, these spiritual heavenly creatures, 
Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me. Maybe that's what the generation needs is a real vision. Brother Turner said, I saw God. And when we really see God, hear about God is one thing. Seeing God is another thing. And you see him and suddenly the reaction, the real act reaction to seeing God is something that we don't even like to think about because we come to a point of humility that when you see God, it's woe is me. Because you cannot really have a true apostolic Pentecostal spirit-filled Experience that does not leave you in a great quadri of thought. He touched me. I see him. I know him. And here is my reaction. It's not about, my reaction is not, oh, how good am I that I got to saw him. No, got to see him. No, that's not the reaction. The reaction is, woe is me. Don't you realize that when the calling of God comes upon your life and God really speaks to you, what is going to happen to you is not some kind of egotistical thing that rises up and makes you feel so grand that God chose you and that you've got talent and you've got this. The real anointing of God, the real revelation of God's presence in our midst is woe is me. How are we going to do this? How are we going to face this, how are we going to interact with God? Here we have a world that is in a revolution that is unspeakable. You can find your psychologists, you can find your sociologists, you can find your doctors and lawyers and mayors and all of that, and none of them really know exactly how things are going to turn out. I sat for two hours yesterday with our current mayor, and I didn't even try to activate any kind of conversation with him because I was just there and I was invited and had a few little remarks, but I didn't feel like I had a, anything much to say to the mayor. But let me tell you this. He wanted to talk to me. Not because he didn't even know who I was. He wanted to talk to me because I was a preacher. Now suppose I was a preacher that had never really seen God or I just heard about God. Suppose all I had to offer to him was some kind of professionalism. Some kind of idea about, well, you know, I'm a preacher and, you know, we have schools and all of that. And that's who I am. That's not really who we are. If you built the largest Bible school in the world, you need to be more than just somebody that's got a Bible school. Or you build the biggest church in the world. You better have something more than just a church with a choir. You better have more going in your life than just the fact that you can play a musical instrument and you sing pretty good. The last time I checked out Frank Sinatra, I know you don't even know who he was. He, he, he could sing pretty good, but he didn't change his world much. And look at Elvis, a sadly backslidden Pentecostal young boy that thought he could move the world with his music, but he failed so much in getting across Maybe he had seen God in some way. Maybe he was filled with the Holy Ghost, as people say. We know he was baptized in Jesus' name. But he didn't turn the world upside down for God. You've got to see God. That's the secret. How do you know him? Not just because I memorized Scripture. I know him because I saw him. 
and he touched me. The songwriter put it, oh, he touched me. And when that touch comes and when that knowledge of God, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. There's so much in here. You can't preach it all, but just let me skip around the way I feel about it. I opened up this chapter, I don't know, a few days ago, and I just, it came back to me in, in a special way. And I realized that seeing the Lord, you know, you can forget traditions and you can forget talent. I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. He touched me. A live coal was touched to the lips of the prophet. Alive. Not a dead one, but a live coal. An anointed song can do much more than a brilliantly executed song. A sermon that somehow comes out of the heart of young men and women that are sitting in this room are the sermons that's going to turn the world upside down. And you can memorize your sermons and you can preach the sermons that your pastors preached or you can listen to Anthony Mangan or others and great orators and speakers and they have so much to say. But you better find God for yourself. You better search out that will of God for yourself. You need to know what God wants you to do. I saw him high and lifted up and I realized that there was something supernatural here. There was something so powerful that I couldn't even explain it. No wonder Isaiah made such an impact, not only on his generation, but here we are, these thousand years later, still talking about this man that could say, I saw him. And that turned my whole life upside down. It's amazing what God can do in your life. If you, you say, well, I've had some bad problems. Maybe you have. But you realize that God can clean up your life and clean up your thinking and make you a new creature. How many would just join with me right now in a second or two? And let's just pray that God will give us a fresh vision, a personal vision. Would you raise your hands with me just right there being seated here just for a moment and say, God, I want you to come in my life. Would you lift up your voice now? I want you to speak to me. I want you to talk to me. I want you to help me because I so need you, God. I so need you, God. I so need you, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. His glory, his glory, his glory, his glory. The coal, a hot coal was put upon his lip, and woe is me, and woe is me. I need thee, oh, I need thee. You ever just feel weak? Have you just feel out of energy? Have you ever just felt like, man, I don't know how this is going to work out. I think I got a calling. I think God, don't, don't, don't get discouraged. Because God's going to help you. God's going to get you to the next level. God's going to open doors for you. That's just the way God is. Put your hands together and thank the Lord that he filled you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many know God's got to work for you? And don't be afraid. 
personal relationship, this baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But we will remember the name of our God. Some people trust in their talents and so forth. But our real security comes from the anointing and power of God. And it's very easy for us to look to government officials, officials like somebody like Trump or somebody's going to, if I can just make con, Trump is not going to help you have a revival. Unless you get him saved, baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. <laughs> I wish you well. I hope, I hope somebody finds a way to, to get to him. But he's not going to save the world. And no one's going to save the world except those that lift up the name of Jesus Christ. That's what's going to make a difference. And we will have a revival. Somebody will step up. And our security does not come. You know, in, even in the times of the apostles, you read your Bible carefully, there was a lot of folks that thought, well, we get our protection from the Greeks and the Romans and the philosophy and all of that. But that's not where our power comes from. That's not where our knowledge comes. Our knowledge comes from our pres- the presence of God. It, it comes to us. It's poured out on us. Can I get a witness? It's poured out on us. And we don't even deserve it. Not one of us, if you've got a calling in your life, it's not because you're special in some way, in a humanistic way, but it, you're, you're, you're blessed because God took you and said, I'm going to make something out of you, and if you'll just let me have your life, and if you'll just turn your life over to me, and if you'll put every part of your life, your, your whole, your, every decision that you make, don't just marry somebody. Don't just say, well, I'm going to, figure out a way to advance my ministry. I, I hear way too much people making plans. Quit making so many plans. You don't know about tomorrow. Just put it in the hands of God. Somehow God will make a way. God knows where you're going to be, what you need to do. Hallelujah. You, don't, you young men and women, you don't need an, a, a companion that will uh, help you to be a better preacher. I'm going to marry this woman because she'll be smart enough and she can be a good pastor's wife. How do you know that? Or some of you ladies say, well, I want to, be, uh, uh, I want to find a good man and I'm going, to, I'm going to really teach him and I'm going to show him how he can be a good pastor. What are you, an idiot? There's nobody that can help you with the anointing of God except the anointer. Nobody has a plan for you that's going to work except God. He already knows your future. This is not a game. We're not in a profession, a human profession. We're waiting for the anointing and power of God. You should be in school because you want the power of God upon your life. And you want God's will to unfold. I saw him. I saw him. And that is my security. And then look what, this is a a little often missed thing. This is what kind of jumped out at me. You see, where is that at? It's in here somewhere uh, right at the beginning of the chapter. And let's see, one cried, oh, holy, holy, the Lord of hosts. This is all supernatural stuff. And so I didn't know whether to go. I didn't know what God wanted me to do. Is, am I reading this right? And one cried another, and there was just all these angels and cherubims. And I don't know. This is really amazing. Then said, I woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Man, I'm in a bad world. The king of the Lord of hosts. And one flew. And, and then, look at this. Isaiah now gets a message. I also not only saw God, I heard a voice. 
you, you, you like the Bible? This is mysterious to me. I not only saw him. Vision, I don't understand all of this. Exactly how it happened. I wasn't there. But Isaiah wrote about it. He said, I, I saw him. And then, and then I, I heard the voice. Now, here's where I want you to focus. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And watch this now. Who will go for us? Then said I, here am I. Send me. What I want you to note here is that there's a little word, an interesting little word there, us. That's what just completely knocked me over, Brother Sleva. Who will go for us? Long before Isaiah, watch this now. Long before Isaiah really made all the decisions that he was going to make, he heard something that took him out of one dimension into another dimension. He said, I will go. But let's not forget that he reminds us that what he really heard was the voice of God, not just saying, will you go? Will you go? Will you go? Will you go? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. But that's not what the word was. Read your Bible very closely. Who will go for us? Who's speaking to him at this point? Do you know? Who's speaking to Isaiah at this point? Who is asking this question? Who will go? You will go? Who will go? For what? Us. Do you realize what God is doing right there with Isaiah that changes everything? Us. Here is a bonding. Here is a relationship. Here is a, a, a moment in time in which God is saying, I'm going to partner with you. Not only had he had a vision of God, but he had a promise that God wanted to be, wanted him to be on his team, us. We're going to work together. Does this make sense? See, it's easy to forget that little us there. You say, God called me to preach. Well, that's good. But you need to hear the whole thing. Did he promise to be with you? Are you going to be working together with him? We're going to go together. Us, us. Who will go for us? You and I. Is there anybody here that will go for God? Is there anybody here that will be on the team? What's the team? Who's the leader? God is the leader. Who is the anointer? God is the anointer. Who is the one that provides? It's God. That provides. Therefore, there is where our strength is. There is where our power is. That's where our hope is. You can wake up on the darkest morning and say, God, you promised to be with me. Now I'm down in a place and it's a hard place. I'm down in a dungeon. I'm going through some trial and I've got a lot of folks get me. But God, when I when I said yes, I didn't just say yes that I would go. I didn't say yes that I would just play the music. I didn't say yes that I would just do this or that. I promised that I would go together with you. And without you, I can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. So there is a bonding here. There is a 
There is a, a coming together. We're born by one spirit into one body, and the body is the body of Christ. The power is the power of God. The help that we get comes from the sanctuary. We're not alone. And yes, you can turn the world upside down. And yes, you can have revival, but not by yourself. Who will go for us? Isaiah, will you go for us or will you just go for Isaiah? This, I believe, is where God begins to penetrate our heart. Will you go? For us, or will you just go because you think it might be a nice career? When you go with God, you're not trying to be like the charismatics or the TV preacher. This is going to get really dangerous now. I don't care how talented you are. There needs to be an us in the formula. A good comedian can imitate a preacher pretty accurately. And if you listen to enough sermons, somebody help me up here, some of you elders. If you hear enough sermons, you can kind of learn how to preach. But what about preaching with God, in the Spirit, waiting on God, depending on God? Who's going to go for us? Who's going to change this culture? Who's going to make a difference? Well, it will be those who can partner with God and give themselves to God. There's just so much in this great little piece. Woe is me. Woe is me. Put that hot coal on my lip. I need the security that doesn't come from my talent. See, I've lived long enough to weep with Brother Pettigo. He's not here today. But sometimes we talk about music. We talk about some of the most amazing musicians. Let's put it in the gospel field so it can be, it can be dealt with in reality. If you could speak to some older folks, they could call names of people that took their talent but didn't keep God with them. It wasn't an us at all. It was just, I'm pretty good. I'll sing anywhere I can make a hundred bucks. I'll do anything that I can do to just have the next number one hit. And if that's what you're singing for, you're not on the same team. You're not doing the same thing. You're serving yourself. You're doing what you want to do. You're singing and preaching for the lights and the glory and the praise. But when you walk with God, Isaiah saw it differently. He heard a question, us. Oh, this is amazing. I got to be with God to get this to work. I got to be on the same team with God. I got to be working together with God's will and God's purpose. These apostles that went back to Jerusalem, they waited until and tarried until they came into that wonderful moment, that baptism, baptizing moment in which their lives were completely transformed through the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. And that is our 
That is where the blessing is. If you want to say it this way, that's where the secret is. It's walking with God and understanding that without Him, we can do nothing. Put your hands together. Would you just thank the Lord for it? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let me tell you, money's not going to keep you. Let me tell you, popularity is not going to keep you. It's not your foundation. Good relationships with people in high places is not going to keep you. Just like the church could not depend on the Romans or the Greeks, they had to depend upon that name that is above every name. And we're not looking for some kind of politician to help us or to show us the way. We don't need a connection in the White House. We need a connection with God. Who will go with us? Somebody says, oh, if we can just get Mr. So-and-so or Sis So-so, we can have the thing. But our security is with God. Somebody say hallelujah, hallelujah. And if you got God on your side, when the wind blows, when the storm comes, when the fire comes, when the setback feels so painful, God is right there and say, keep on walking with me now. Keep on singing out of your heart. Keep on obeying me, and I'll take you to the high place, and I'll give you a victory. Here's what I believe, that you could be on the edge of the greatest revival ever in the history of the world, including the apostolic revival that you read in the Bible. It's possible that that could be happening right now. There are such bizarre things that's taking place in our world that are fulfillments of prophecy itself. We're in an age now when it is possible that one man could speak to the whole world as is prophesied in the Bible. We're living in a time in which the Bible prophesied about the numbering of men and how all of us will have a number. We're already there. We're probably already numbered. The U.S. government checked its numbering system out just not too long ago on your phones. And anybody with a brain knows it wasn't about whether or not your phone worked in behalf of your own needs, but it was the need of the government that needed to make sure they knew where you are, a number, just a number. Oh, yeah, you, you, you can just kind of like dismiss it and say, well, there's nothing to it. But you better think about it. We're in an age right now. And you're not going to live the kind of life that your grandma lived and grandpa lived or even your pastor lived. It's a new world. But don't, uh, don't be afraid. Saw the Lord high and lifted up. And not only that, he spoke to me. I heard his voice. I heard his voice. I saw him. And he already had in his mind. He all God already had in his mind that there would be an allegiance. There's an allegiance. Go and tarry. Until you're endued with power from on high, we're going to have a team together. It's not just you and your talent. It's God with you. Now, that should make you happy. You need to be careful. You can say, well, man, that guy is the smoothest orator in the world. But God is not looking for smooth oratory. He's looking for a person, man and woman, that will open up their heart. You look and say, man, he is so good on that piano. 
But you need something more than that. It's not talent that's going to reach the world. If you're looking for talent with a few exceptions, you'll have a hard time finding it in churches because most of the real talent has already been given to this world. And Brother Pettigo and I was talking to finish that point I started earlier. We think about all those people that were so talented, apostolic people. I know this is controversial, but I'm going to say it because some people don't like for you to say anything that's real or honest. But there have been so many in my generation of people that were so talented and gifted, but they sold out. They sold out to the money, to the television. They lost sight of the message, and suddenly it wasn't about the Holy Ghost anymore. And it made you ask the question, have you really seen him? Have you really heard his voice? Do you really know how powerful he is? Or are you trusting in money? Are you trusting in the world? Are you trusting in your talent? Are you trusting? You think that's where your power comes from and your security comes from. But it's not, it's not the White House that you need. It's not the Congress you need. It's God that we need in our life. Don't depend on anything else except Jesus Christ. God's a holy God. And when he can, when your heart is in the right place, that's what he will reveal to you. He is a holy God. He is a God that is filled with glory. He is a God that is true. He's a God that has unlimited authority. He does not have to depend on you or me. He's sovereign. The songwriter said, without him, I couldn't do nothing. Let us all sing that song now. Without him, I can do nothing. Your credit card will just run out. Can I get a witness? You go down to pay for your, your tuition, and your credit card doesn't go through. That's a bad day. But God knows all about it. I wish I had some real people in here now. A couple Christmases ago, we were in line at one of those box stores. I think it was Costco. I'm not sure. Sister Mooney and I was in line. There was uh, two or three ladies there. I, lo I love this. It was a great moment. The place was jammed. It was probably 20 people in line behind us. Everybody was frustrated and was waiting in line. And I got out my card and of course, we had been using it a lot, but uh, I knew it was it had plenty of room on it. But I just handed it to the girl, and I said, she was getting ready to scan it. And I said, uh, maybe, would you pray that it would go through one more time? And what happened next, I was not prepared for. She grabbed my card. She said, everybody, I'm not making this up. She held it up. And three funniest women I ever saw in my life came around and laid hands on my credit card. They had to have some kind of Pentecostal experience of some kind. And they held it up. And she said, folks, 
This man needs prayer. We got to get this card to go through one more time. And I thought, well, that was it. Oh, no. She started praying. There was two or three other people, not a lot, but two or three other people was scratching around in their pocketbooks to find their credit cards. They wanted to hold theirs up to. This woman actually prayed. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, she had a little smile on her face, so she was messing with me a little bit, but it was the funniest thing. And I'm sitting there. I can't hardly believe it. And, and she knew already. I had already told her, I was, even though I was a preacher, I needed her to pray. So she said, God bless this preacher that his card will go through and all that stuff. Oh, God, we need help. And maybe that's what we all need to do, just hold up our card and say, God, I have seen I've seen the glory of your power. I've felt the anointing of your power. Now, I've got a calling, God, but I can't go without you. I've got to have you, God, and I can't depend on this world. And I thank you, God, I can play a little bit. And I thank you, God, that I can speak pretty well. But I need more than that, God. I need a fresh touch. I need a moving of the Spirit. I need my friends. I need the touch and anointing of the Holy Ghost. So, God, here it is. Here's all my credit cards. Here's all my talent. Here's all my, all my just stuff. And I put it all in your hands. I have seen the Lord. He was high and lifted up. But I also had another kind of thing that happened to me. I want to tell you. And it was very, very dynamic. The Lord talked to me and he said, here's what's going to happen, Isaiah. We're going to go together. You, you follow us. Us. You don't have to do this by yourself. I know that this world is pushing into a, a kind of future, and we don't really understand it, but you're not going to go by yourself. And greater is he that is in you. You're not going to preach by yourself. God's the one that's going to open the doors. He's the one that's going to help you. In little small ways in my life, I look back, and most of the great blessings came when I, go ahead and stand, I'm finished. But most of the great blessings in my life came at moments that I could never have figured it out. Never have figured it out. Brother Loveless changed my life walking out of a church. He walked all the way out. I had only met him one time. I was an evangelist that night. They substituted when they saw that he was there, Brother Loveless, down in Kentucky. It was in a little small church. And he had been driving through the town, Brother Loveless, and he had stopped at this church. And when he, when he got there, he, uh, people were so excited. I didn't know it. I've never seen him before. People were so excited. And they said, oh, Brother Loveless is here. Brother Loveless is here. And finally a man, uh, maybe some of you have heard this story, but it's worth telling. And the, and the preacher said, you know, this is Brother Loveless. Would you mind if he preached tonight? Even though I was scheduled to preach. And uh, so they took up an offering, and they took up an offering for Brother Loveless. And uh, so that was, that, was, that was it, my money. I, I'm starving to death. I didn't have any money. But you see, I forgot right at that moment, Jay, that God was our partner. You're, you're never alone. And so Brother Loveless gets up and he says, by the way, before I preach, would somebody, how much did you give me? How much did you give me? And, and they counted it right there. And he said, I'm sorry, I, I, I just, I'm not going to preach for that folks want me to preach, but I'm not going to preach for that kind of money. And he started asking for more money. And I'm sitting up there thinking, whatever it was, 
just a small amount of money. And I said, that's good enough for me, God. I'll preach. Just set the man down. I'll preach for five bucks. And they took up an offering. It was a long time ago. I don't know what it was now. Eighty-some bucks. I'd have to look at my library. And after they counted it, he said, well, let's get it up to at least $80. That was a major amount of money. And they counted it. And uh, he took that money and he said, you know, I took the place of a young evangelist. I don't even know you, Brother Mooney, but I really took this offering up for you. And he slid it under my chair. Had no idea what he preached, but I sure knew there was 80 bucks. Thank you, Jesus. See, that's what I mean. I saw God. I saw God. And then I heard God say, would you, who's going to go for us? And it was just one of the things and many other things. That was sealed into my life. And I want it to be sealed into your life. That God will go with you. And you're going to have a challenge like no other generation has ever, ever had. And we can't even imagine if the Lord tarries what your children may go through. But remember, your secret weapon is this partnership with you and God. And He will provide all of your needs. He will anoint you. He will help you. He'll bless you. He'll put people into your life. And you don't have to so much. You say, well, I can't quite preach as good as so-and-so. And there's Some people just have natural oratorical abilities and all of that. Don't worry about that so much. Just put it all in the hands of God. And maybe you're not the best piano player, the best guitar, bass player, but don't worry about that. When the Holy Ghost moves, most people's not listening to you anyway. They're just running around the aisles. They don't care if you miss a note. What we all need is the anointing and power of the Holy Ghost. We're not walking we're not walking for this world. We're walking for God. The apostles were fishermen. The world looked at them and thought of them as being ignorant and unlearned. And yet God had filled them with his presence. Lay your hand on your partner there. It's just whoever. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God will provide for you. How many want a partnership with God? God's going to provide money for you this holiday. I want you to, some of you may be a little discouraged. And look, I'm not trying to advertise here for IBC. Help me now, teachers. It's a good thing to press through when you feel like you're just wore out. You can't come back. You pray and say, God, we got a partnership here. And I hope you'll find your way back this next semester. I can tell you God's going to supply your needs. Brother Rodenbush, Brother Rob Rodenbush, how many times have we seen God? Just take care. We've seen people that we didn't even know give cars to our students. We've seen people receive money from people they didn't even know. Thousands of dollars to get through. God's with you. You're not by yourself. And you don't quit trying to be the most popular person on the campus. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice and let's worship him.
You've already heard about some of the things that will happen, IBC Live and IBC Connect, but we wanted to let you know about another event you may not have heard about just yet. February 19, 2019 is a special day, Pastor's Day. Indiana Bible College understands the unique role that pastors play in the lives of our students, and we've set aside February 19 as a day to honor that role. We're inviting each pastor of a current Indiana Bible College student to join us on campus for classes in chapel during the day and then a banquet that evening. 